Welcome to Everybody Has Shit. I'm Kim Reed. This podcast is an open invitation to put your wellness on another level. You no longer have to keep your autoimmune disease or whatever it is that's holding you back a secret. Secrets hurt us. Everybody has shit, so let's all get better together. Let's all try to overcome the challenges we are facing and live our best life. Okay, so it's really, really special to have Sharon Starika on. I have known her for, I don't know, it's been more than 20 years, I would say, because I know I was pregnant with one of my children, so who's almost 20, so it's been at least 20 years. And um, I remember the very first time I met her, I was in severe pain, which I always seem to be in my entire life. I've always got something wrong. My husband will attest to that. And it was a sciatic problem. And I was working, I was doing a morning show and I was doing the weather and I couldn't sit or stand. For like a year, I was in severe pain. I'd gone to every doctor. I'd had shots in the ass with cortisone. I had one guy do something very unorthodox. And let's just say I couldn't get home fast enough. Um, and then Sharon came and she is a Feldenkrais practitioner. And within two weeks, I was 100% pain-free. She is referred to in my house as my guru. She knows exactly how the body works. She knows how to make it operate the way it's supposed to. Sharon, can you just explain a little bit about Feldenkrais? Well, thank you, Kim. Um, that was a lot to say. It was really sweet of you. Um, you know, I think that there's two things that are really important about the Feldenkrais method that separates it from other methods. Um, one is that you're thinking about the relationship between the body and the brain. So um, there's an, a neurological connection of what's going on. So when you were in back pain, it's not like just back pain, but there's a neurological reason. And so that's really a very important distinction than um, I'm going to say like traditional physical therapy. Um, and, and I think the other thing that is so key and not to take this lightly, but um, it'll sound so obvious, which is one of his books, The Elusive Obvious, is each person's different. And so, you know, 10 people can come to you with sciatic pain or 20 people, and how each person got there is unique. And so there's really not a slam dunk recipe for treating sciatic. It's really that you're, um, you're working with a human being. You're working with this individual. So in Feldenkrais, we're very trained to learn to listen. And when I say listen, that's the hands as well as... Um, language to how did this person get to this place in the first, you know, first place. And you're manipulating, you're not like cracking, you're, you're no. moving and touching and you're feeling touching, the body. Yeah, right. And so when you're touching, you're assessing and you're assessing yeah. what's really tight, what's really going on. It could be the right side of your back. It could be the left side of your back. But again, I think the important ingredients is that everybody is treated uniquely it's not formula derivative. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to be said about what's going on with the relationship in the brain. So it's the brain that creates the pain, like sciatic pain, it starts firing. It means something's agitated, something got off, something got stirred up. 
what got stirred up? How did it get stirred up? All those are important factors. And you're both asking the questions and then you're touching and feeling. And I guess then the last thing is that it's very gentle, as you know, Kim, very yeah. gentle work. So there's no cracking, there's no stretching, there's not making anything happen. It's feeling what's going on and it's suggesting. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion to this person's body. You know, I get that you're over here and you're wadded up and tight, but maybe we could just relax a little bit and let that go. It's no, you are you are a magician when it comes to and no and because you know chronic pain whether it's the cause of your sciatic or a hip problem or autoimmune or whatever it is it stinks and if you can go to somebody like you that has a sense of the entire body not many people have a sense of how the entire body is supposed to work so your knowledge of things is vast it's vast yes. so and, and that leads us to you and what you've been suffering for how many years oh gosh well i mean now that i'm discovering all this i mean i would say it started when i was a child i mean very very early on um, right having allergies and never being diagnosed correctly. Um, Let me interrupt one second because the, this, which is blatantly obvious is the fact that you don't have any hair and actually you do, you have a ton of hair compared to several months ago. And you actually looked like perhaps going through chemotherapy and you're not you don't cancer you were on a journey and and considering how knowledgeable you are about the body this was elusive completely completely elusive it showed up overnight when i was roughly you know i was going through my timeline about 42 it was as soon as i moved to park city within six months and you know after going through a divorce and stuff, the first thing that people love to plague it to, we like to put people and things in containers was like stress, right? Stress is this umbrella. I'm like, what does that really mean, right? Um, Stress, menopause, um, and then immediately putting me in the category of alopecia. Um, But yeah, my hair, and the other thing that was fascinating about it, Kim, when it fell out, It fell out completely in less than six weeks. Like I there was just, no gradual shedding. I would grab and a whole mount, and then I would have a huge bald spot. It was unbelievable. It no, no gradual about it. It was a phenomena. Like everything was gone. The hundreds of thousands of hairs were gone in five weeks. When you were going through that, you were finding. That you were losing so much hair, and, and someone, doctor would try to give you the easy route to what may be wrong with you, as opposed to taking a deep dive. And what, what, how frustrating was that? Um, well, you know, that's a really great question. I think the first thing that is going on for you is there's a lot of fear. As Kim brought up just moments ago, the first thing was to rule out, you know, I'm very lucky I didn't have cancer. Um, so I didn't feel like I was in a life-threatening situation. Um, so fear's your first thing. 
Um, you're just scared. Um, and you're scared. You're scared. You're like, what, what is going on with, why would my hair fall out at this volume so quickly, so fast? What is going on with me? Um, so you're scared and you're searching for answers. So yeah, you're kind of running from doctor to doctor and you, then there's putting trust in these doctors that they're, um, they're analyzing you correctly. And, um, and generally speaking, I think that doctors' intentions are very good. Their, their intentions are to help you. Um, but back to the can of worms, you know, they tend to want to categorize things. So, okay. Which is unfortunate. Your, yeah, all your hairs fall out. So if it's not cancer, the next category is alopecia. And I said, but look, I've had hair my whole life for 42 years. This isn't, you know, and, and then there's, then alopecia is a whole umbrella, right? And, and, and as Kim mentioned before, I start doing my own research. I come home and I start looking, okay, what does alopecia mean? And how many different types of alopecia? There's yeah. tons of different types of alopecia. Some people lose it for parts of their head where it's patchy, um, you know, so, um, you know, you're kind of at a loss. You know, you just feel like you have no answers. But um, then you look at it as it is it menopause. Is it was it hormonal, which it would seem like hormones play a role yes. in this, I would yes. think. Yes. And then you're off on all these different tracks. Yes. And um, I think back to what you said earlier about me doing Feldenkrais is that I guess one of the good things about me is I'm comfortable diving into a bunch of tracks and, yeah. and going on them and you kind of go down them until you reach an end point where, you know, I like to sometimes think of like things in terms of um, not what you like, but maybe what don't you like. So it's like, where do I get to a dead end? And this is a no, so I can eliminate this is a possibility, right? right, um, right. Sometimes elimination is better than you're just bombarded with so many different directions so i just would go down and investigate like alopecia they kept on labeling me that even with menopause and stuff but the more research i did it's like this is not lining up um and the menopause didn't completely line up so you know they're like let's and you have to go down these tunnels let's put you on different hormones and get your hormones balanced well, that sent me all over the place, you know, because the counter, that was a whole nother discovery. They counteract each other. So you think a little estrogen, but then that can throw off the progesterone, then the testosterone. And I just have to, I learned all about hormones. I happened to be one of these gals that, um, and it's part of the reason I'm so petite, is I convert testosterone to estrogen. So the worst thing that they could have done, which they did, is put me on testosterone because it made my estrogen skyrocket. So then that led to major hot flashes, swaying in the bed at night, drenching clothes. Great. And, kept, and then they kept on giving me more and more testosterone because, <laughs> anyways, then when you research on men, too much testosterone and men is what makes their hair fall off, out. So then I thought, God, could that have contributed to my falling out? You know, I mean, so you're circling 
It's these, a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. And you just have to be, um, you know, like I said, you go through a process of elimination. And then when I eliminated, do not take estrogen or testosterone. Uh, it took me several years to figure out, don't mess with my hormones. I, I yeah. would say one thing that I would suggest to all women out there, don't mess with your hormones. There is a reason why you lose period. You're not supposed to be cream kids anymore. And your body goes through. And, and, and also think, just to interject here for a moment, think things out logically, right? So your body logically is saying, it's not time to create kids anymore. So we're going to eliminate this. And so there's a fluctuation of things that go on. And what I would encourage people to do is ride out the fluctuation. Don't just jump and start adding and subtracting. And on the flip side, if you think about young kids, right? We all know, Kim, you've got two or three boys. How many? Three. three boys? I've got three boys. Three boys, one girl. So you've been through both sides of it. But when they're going through their hormone shift, lordy, right? And we don't they're put... They're their hormone shit or their hormone shit because it's both. <laughs> it's both. And, you know, we don't put teenagers on balancing their hormones. Yeah. We trust that the body is going to ride out, you know, and they get acne. And this can get really, one kid gets acne, another doesn't. And it can just be crazy making. And then over the course of time, the system finds its regulation. So that's like one thing I would encourage people to do is not to jump on the bandwagon because as soon as you start adding things in, the whole system is trying to recompute and juggle. And that can make things worse. Right. So when you go back to the, the, the year that you lost your hair, which was how many years ago? Um. About Eight seven, years ago? 16 years ago, something that like that. It was 16 years ago? Four, I was 42 and I'm going to turn 58. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize it had been that long. Well, and so that, that makes me super unusual is they've never seen anybody go without hair. The first round was like nine or 10 years. They said, you'll never get hair back. Never. That was the word. Never. So oh. after nine and a half years, I broke all the odds and I got all my hair back. And they were just like unbelievable. And now here you are. So all these years later, you end up moving from Salt Lake City or Park City to Phoenix. And what happened in Phoenix? Well, it was actually shortly before I moved here, but so what happened back in Salt Lake, it was really when my general doctor said, Sharon, I don't think this is hormones. I think it's all allergy-based. She's like, I have been treating you for like seven years, and you get sinus, ear, bronchitis, all these head, chest infections three to four times in the spring and fall. When there's a lot of moisture in the ground, the earth, she said, I think you're allergic to something. It's like clockwork. Yeah. You know, I had, I had spent 10 Thanksgivings and Christmases with 103 temperatures sick with infections. I mean, she's like, it just, and then nothing happened during the summer when everything dries out. 
or the winter when everything freezes. <laughs> so you're good then. And then what happened? That's a lot. That's a lot of Christmases to be sick. A lot of Christmases. Ten. This okay. Why did it take her seven years of treating you to say, okay, well, I think you have allergies. Well, I give her a lot of credit. Nobody else was thinking that way. They all just wanted to treat my symptoms and put me on meds. But she just, she finally realized this was like, it was, it was like clockwork. It was just became so seasonal that she just kind of thought this has got to be an allergy. And allergies are those times a year, fall and spring. So she was really the one that wanted to send me to the number one guy, his name is Dr. Glyke, 75 years old in Salt Lake. And he had pretty much retired, but he said he was willing to take me on because I was such an unusual case. And they do blood work and scratch tests to make sure everything cross-referenced, which it did. And bingo, number one allergy off the charts, mold. Come to find out, a house in, in San Diego had mold that I lived in for 18 years. And then when I moved to Park City, that house had mold. What the hell? <laughs> you must have liked the smell for some reason and it's attractive. So, I mean, so I was in two <laughs> homes for 30 years back to back with mold spores, which are airborne. Right. And so when things get damp and wet, like in Park City, it starts to rain in the fall. In the spring, the snow starts to melt. Yeah. There you go. So um, as soon as they tested me, and then once they tested me, then I started the shot program. And it really was amazing. Literally within eight weeks of starting the injections, I started to get tiny little follicles open up. No way. Yes. Yeah. Eight and, and, weeks? Yes. And what's really amazing about the hair, when you research there's four, I believe it's four, you can correct me if I'm wrong, four stages of the hair and the follicles, very, very um, intricate. So right. once the hair, and this is why they said it wouldn't ever come back, because once the hair follicle closes up, it's dormant. And get that to open up again is very, very difficult. And uh, I can't remember the detail of the cycles, but they're like three to seven years. So, okay, so Ooh. let me see your, let's see your hair. Let's see the side of well, it. Let me just so get it. A... This is the top where okay. I'm still missing a little bit is like right here. Okay. And I was just at the dermatologist today and she said that's the most common areas right here behind the ear. Wow. And, and uh, here's the back. Okay. Um, Looking good. So, uh, yeah. And it, you know, what's been so fun for me is just to watch it just keep on coming in. In the beginning, I just shaved it down because I thought, are these little follicles going to turn into anything? And then I decided more and more were coming in. So in the beginning, Kim, you saw some pictures. It was yeah. way back here. And then my the front line just keeps on coming forward. <laughs> so it's been really, really fun to track and to just watch the, the process. Um, and then... The other thing that I've chosen to do is to not do anything else. And that would be the other thing I would really suggest to people is, you know, everybody kind of wanna, wants to get their hands on me and they want to do like P 
PRP and inject blood, you know, spin my blood. I tried that. That was interesting. I did it the first time and when my hair was coming in the first round and it seemed to help the second time, it made it fall out. Oh. And so this is what I mean. There, you know, you're a sister and we're very delicate. So right now I won't let anybody touch me because right now what is taking care of me is my system. Yeah. My system, what the allergy shots are about is that the shots give you a dose. It's like COVID. It's giving you a dose of what you're allergic to. And the idea is to build your immune system. Right. Right. And this has to go back to the whole thing of autoimmune. When you're autoimmune, it means your immune system has been severely suppressed. Your immune system is not functioning up to par like everybody else. So what it does is it's in red alert. So it's not that it's sluggish. It's actually the opposite. Red alert meaning if you catch something, you go off the charts the other way. So my body overproduces too much stimulation to take care of it, which depletes you more. Oh so, my God. So when you so after after your experience, do you advocate for people to kind of be more in tune with their own health as opposed to relying on what a doctor tells you? Absolutely. And it takes taking a lot of notes. Like you watch patterns. You watch patterns of things. So how things are going for you. It is critical to do that. So the average person will go in the doctor's office and be as shy as they've ever been. And then they go out and then there's this big personality. There's this big person when they get in the doctor's office to clean them up. Well, I think that, you know, we've always given doctors, uh, you know, we think of them as to have the answers. I mean, and back to one of the things I said earlier about being afraid, um, it's very scary um, to have the unknown. So we want somebody to give us answers, you know, so we go to the doctor and they can give us an answer. Somehow that helps that fear. Um, but it's often not the right answer and it can make things worse. And, um, it, it, you know, it's really learning to be quite patient with yourself and patient with the situation. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, like do you think it's because... Do you, sorry, do you think it's because you have your background in health and wellness that you're, you were able to navigate it differently as opposed to somebody who has no background in that? How do they know that they're supposed to, because it could be so subtle, you don't know to listen to it in your body or you, it's hard to navigate the medical system. It's completely hard. And. Yeah, I mean, Kim, I think it's just not even going back to just my education, but what, you know, what got to my education, you know, my accident and almost losing my life. Um, that was navigation. I mean, I've been navigating my whole life. Um, and like I said, it's not always, you know, there's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. And sometimes you have to go through these downs to find the up. But yeah. that's, I, yeah, I am a, I'm a gifted navigator. <laughs> you are. Oh, it's hard though to navigate and it can be depressing. And yes, you want that doctor 
that you revere and you think is going to have all the answers to give you the answer, to give you the diagnosis, to give you a pill and to be done with you. It just, that's just not reality. And that's just what you have in your head. I don't know if it's from watching TV or what, but that's what we hope for. But that isn't it because so no. many of these freaking illnesses are just like, you're right. You know, oh, you have menopause. Oh, it's stress. Oh, you know, like it's in your head. It's not. No. And I, again, I think back to um, <coughs> the earlier question, I think that write things down, take lots of notes. So when you have details, it also, you know, it's, it, it's helpful for a dog to have a lot of notes, you know, um, that you've written down that like, you don't give them to them, but you can discuss, um, you know, and I think also keep in mind, you know, Kim, that, um, that, um, you know, something that we thought like back when I was a child that was to work, then you find out later doesn't work. Like, so with my, both my allergies and both my brother and I got really severe bronchitis, you know, we were told back in the day, lots of moisture. So this is where I think the mold allergy started is my parents had us sleep in the bathroom and they would run the shower all night and have a towel under the door. And, you know, within weeks, the wallpaper is falling off. So talk about a breeding ground for mold, right? But nobody's thinking about that because back in the day, it's like, get moisture in your lungs. It's dry in there, you know, it's inflamed. So my parents just thought, have them sleep in the bathroom. Um, mm -hmm. People do things really always to help. But right. you know, there's always, there can always be something that's not useful. But that is where I go back in time and think at three years old, this is what started possibly my whole mold issue yeah i would say yes if you're sleeping in a moist bathtub oh and all you're getting is that humidity and whatever your is a breeding ground but i think <laughs> the thing is that's so important with the information that you have is that okay number one you have to keep searching because you never know what strange oddity is going to be causing your stuff this is an oddity. It may not be to you because of all of the years of suffering that you've been doing with colds and sinus infections and all that stuff. But nevertheless, it's an oddity. You lost your hair. Boom. One day, six weeks later, gone. It was a shocker. It was a shocker to me. It was a shocker. All these years later, you find out mold, mold is the culprit. I went and had our house tested. After I talk to you, I had a guy come out with his mold meter, set it up, and he were apparently good. But I mean, you know, you just you don't know. So I think this is such amazing information. Put it in your back pocket. You never know. You never know. I mean, another one that they're now finding is gluten. So, and, and women in particular losing their hair with a gluten allergy. Um, and, you know, and, and then there's the whole, you know, gut thing. I mean, and I like, you know, I guess the blessing too with myself is that I like researching all this stuff, you know. Um, but when you look into, for example, just to create a link here, like celiac and all the digestive issues, 
again, what's kind of underneath all that is allergy. So, you know, people that have got some major issues with their intestinal issues, they just think it's intestinal. But, you know, a deeper question is like, why are things inflamed? So inflammation is the number one thing the body does to give you a red flag, it's unhappy. Inflammation means things are not working well. Yeah. They want to get to why is there inflammation? So we inflame, it's, it's the way of the body, back to the connection of the brain, it's the way that the body is trying to protect itself. Let's inflame, right? Okay. You, let's inflame. Like I rolled my ankle, it swells, it inflames. It's a protection, right? So it's a signal. So whether it's in your gut, wh wherever the inflammation is, it's telling you, whether it's in your head, your sinuses, right? It's telling you something's not right. So that means there's something underneath that. And that's what you got to keep digging for. Like, is it, am I allergic? So allergies create inflammation. And can your inflammation be in your gut? Can it be in your skin? That's what psoriasis is, your skin, right? Where, where, what's, what's going on? When the system's unhappy, it's doing something to tell you it's unhappy. So pretty much everybody's inflamed. And so there must be just certain bodies that can handle inflammation better than others. And do men handle inflammation better? No. Because are, oh, they don't? No. Oh, mm -mm. Who handles it better? Neither one. It's just it's getting to the root of where again the inflammation and not really everybody i mean it's interesting all my inflammation has gone away from doing the allergy shots so um you know i mean okay, so but, again but if you're looking at so many people with so much crap from autoimmune to just stuff we're all we all got shit going on in our bodies yes and now we have to be doctors to figure it out that's a heavy act. yes it, it it is and 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 it's also being really honest um like i if i can share uh i want to make you guys laugh one thing that i was not being very honest with with myself about and finally got honest about it it made a hundred percent difference I and know what it was is. butter pooping oh no butter <laughs> pooping Actually, at least, at least to be, because okay. I was in denial that butter is in the family of dairy. It's not? Of course it is. I it comes from cows. Dairy. What? I thought it was a trick question. No. no. What? Butter's from cow. Right? Huh? So I justified that because it was hard and stuff, I would lather butter oh. on that. So I had for years. A good piece of toast. A good piece of toast. I had for years recently. We'll say very loose bells. So when I wrap when I wrap my mind around that this was not right. So I bit the bullet, completely eliminated, switched to olive oil. All my digestive issues gone. All my bowels 
regulated. No more issues. No do you ever do you do you ever relapse and have you a nice piece of butter toast? <laughs> I I know what it's like I you know when I went out like to dinner this last weekend, I just always ask for olive oil. Does it taste better? I love olive oil, yes. It's so good. It's so good. She, you can't even get him to eat a granola bar. He's not I mean, well, that's another thing I'm allergic to is oats. See, I didn't realize it was oats. This is why people need to be tested. I thought it was gluten, it's oats. So who's gonna do all these tests? It's not that big a deal. You know, you go in one time to be tested. You go in one time to be tested. It's a one hour procedure, not that big a deal. They take your blood and they put scratch marks on your back and test you. They watch to see what happens. They've got the formula and you move forward. It's really not. I, I couldn't Tell imagine it. my life not being able to eat oats and butter toast. I would lose my mind. <laughs> right? John, we need to go get tested. We should. No, we know. No, 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 yes. no, no. I want to see uh -uh. your back get scratched. I know. Uh -uh. Get a back scratcher. No, we're, we should do that. Just so we can just have that knowledge. Of and what? you never know what they might find. What? Uh, well, knowledge of what? See, to listen. see if we have any allergies. I have been listening this entire time. And the best thing she has said is that you know when your body's telling you something. You know what my body's telling me? I'm in hip top shape. <laughs> okay? I have not inflamed not one time during this conversation. So, <laughs> I would consider myself in good health, ladies. Thank you very much. Oh, man. You go with me? Yeah, I'll, I'll video the whole thing. <laughs> okay. We will turn it into a docu-series. <laughs> yeah, I'll go get tested. No, it's, 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 a really, it's a really good experience, Kim, because, like, the other thing, like, again, people play a guessing game. Um, I'm not allergic to peanuts, but I'm allergic to almonds and pistachios. And guess what I ate a ton of? Almonds, Almonds, pistachios, and the butter. Like you're almost, you almost crave the things that you're allergic to in a way. It's really weird. And mm. so uh, no wonder I was such a mess and I was living in a moldy house. I mean, so, and then oats, I can't get, you know, I have to read ingredients to make sure I don't get a bread. I never can touch a granola bar. Um, uh, no cereals with oats, no oat bran, no almond flour. So gluten I'm okay with. So I would get a gluten cookie. I can't get a gluten-free cookie. They use almond flour. I mean, oh it's, my important. Gosh. it's important to know. It's important it to is. know. And it's easier nowadays to get all of these little gluten-free, vegan, no dairy, no butter. It's easier to come up with these foods than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's really important, and 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 I'm not near as bad. I mean, there's some people that are allergic to maybe 30 or 40 things. I mean, mine was like 18, you know. Wow. So, I mean, there's some people out there, but it's really important to know. So back to medicine. So it's like COVID. They give you the shot. What the shot does is it's, it's stimulating the allergy and it, they give you small doses and you build up each week and it, it increases your tolerance. So as I get more tolerant, guess what? The autoimmune goes down because my system isn't so afraid that it's got to protect me that it's life-threatening. 
So as I get stronger, autoimmune gets weaker. I'm telling you what it does is that I think allergy doctors are the smartest doctors on the planet because it's solving multiple issues, digestive, autoimmune, hair coming back in and inflammation. All of those are getting handled under one umbrella. All right. That's it. I'm making an appointment Woo! and I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go just out of curiosity, just to see what they say. Well, that's how and I was. Yeah, we're going to just go and do a little more explanation. Hell, I've had more crap done to me. This is nothing in the road and the journey of figuring out what's wrong. This is nothing. John Browner's going to go. And uh, we may even get his video on the table. To video. video. <laughs> okay. You know, that would be good because what's really wild, too, is when you're really allergic to something like mold. I mean, it just, whoop, it inflames right away. Something that you're hardly inflamed, you're um, allergic to, it barely. And just one other thing to keep in mind that we haven't touched a base about, but there is a strong component about DNA, and this does hereditary pass on. Both of my parents severe allergies. They have done allergy shots their whole life. So oh just gosh. also to put that little you know, notation in there that if you okay. come from a family that's got allergies already, back to my butter and denial. <laughs> Get out <Yeah>. of denial. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's important butter because dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I want you to say, but <laughs> okay, so so you've just I think you've passed on wealth of information that people like myself would have never thought that mold, creepy crawly, nasty black mold or mold, whatever shape or form it comes in, can have huge ramifications on your health. And yeah. if we've always known that maybe it can cause asthma or this, but it goes even further than that. So I think that if anybody is questioning or having doubts, get your house tested, go get your back scratched, go get these simple things done. And then you alone can have at least some questions answered. Yes. It gets you started on the journey. And, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario, Kim, is, I mean, we've all, we're all familiar with, you know, the EpiPen and the kids that like peanuts and, you know, um, I mean, you can die. You know, allergies are not something to take really lightly. I mean, yeah. you know, um, uh, so there are levels and you can be at a low level, but again, it's back to enough to create inflammation, autoimmune. It doesn't have to be like the child that's going to die from, you know, um, yeah. but no, it know, just gets in there and it permeates and just takes yes. notches in your health. And, you know, if that's the predator in your body then we're gonna go get it and find it and yeah. i just think that you sharing this and being so bold as you've been with your hair all these years and to and you're gonna be wearing ponytails soon well that's right around the corner if i like one of those children that have the little bow up here <laughs> like a newborn see here we go i've got just enough the bow um, it's all right. You know what? It looks amazing. And we cannot thank you enough for sharing your story because I think it's a story that needed to be told. Well, thank you, Karen.
You know, the last thing I would like to say is that, you know, I mentioned earlier, you, you're really scared, but I've been through so much. It's really healthy to have fun and laugh and, you know, not take it, you know, I mean, just, it's just good to just laugh about it all. In the scheme of things, things can always be worse. So to have yep. a great attitude, to think positive, go check things out for yourself. And, um, but I always look at being grateful for what I do have. So, well, we appreciate all of your sharing because sharing is helping somebody else. So you I can hope guarantee so. that when you share your story, you are helping somebody else. Well, I hope so. Thank you so much for having me today. This was so fun. High five, Sharon. High five.